You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Man, I'm so, I'm so hyped right now. Anything's possible. Oh, my mama. Oh, my mama made it, mom. Anything's possible. Rainy days, jump shot, fade away. This the best Celtics podcast day to day. I get excited about it like when Tatum play a Jalen on the breakaway, a Kyrie when he make a trade, and nothing like the terrible analysts on the TV. So in depth that after you play it, you got a repeat. So in depth they might do an hour about the D League. So in depth you probably should pay him, but it's a freebie. Yeah, Corrales packing and J King locked on trying to get the 18th ring. And well wishes go to Gordon. Listen after every game is very important, Millie. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Locked On Celtics podcast with the Rain and Jays. Today, it's me, your boy, Jay King from The Athletic, here by myself. I was supposed to record with Sam Jam Packard, the great. He got called into work randomly, and so we couldn't do it then. After work, he decided to go out and have fun which I can respect. It is just about the weekend. I'm recording this on Friday afternoon. Now driving back to my parents' house in western Massachusetts in my formerly stolen car. I just got out of Robert Williams' press conference a little while ago, introductory press conference. We got some Kawhi Leonard updates to talk about, and I, I say updates in the probably the loosest sense of that term. I'm not sure much has changed. But we'll start with Robert Williams' press conference. One thing he really stressed, hard work. Hard work. Hard work. He probably said it like eight, nine times. It's obvious that that has been a theme the Celtics have pushed onto Robert Williams since he arrived in Boston earlier this week. He is said to have been getting workouts early in the morning every day. He spoke to Al Horford, <laughs> asked what Al Horford said to him that stood out he said work hard so the Celtics from the start are trying to make sure that Robert Williams works hard make sure he is he takes to the culture of hard work that the other Boston players have have kind of built under Brad Stevens and and they think that if, if he does commit to that, then there's a chance that he becomes a really good player. And that's that's probably pretty fair. He's 6'9", 7'6", wingspan. The guy is a freak. When you watch him on tape, it's just so impressive the way he moves. Sometimes he gets beat and just goes from like being beaten to being on a dead sprint and catches the guy who beat him and pounds his shot off the glass and just does rare things and can really 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 move the guys just got a ton of agility fluidity all the entities that you could have um another another theme of his press conference he doesn't really hold a grudge uh, against or doesn't seem to hold a grudge against teams that passed on him in the draft just seems that he's happy to be in boston um from his standpoint I don't think there will be a lot of minutes for him, but from a developmental standpoint, I think he looks at it and thinks, okay, Brad Stevens, great coach. 
I've got Al Horford. He's stressed many times. He wants to look up to Al Horford. Follow what Al Horford does, which is great. Everybody should follow Al Horford. I hope I hope my kids who I don't have any kids, but if I have kids, I hope they're like Al Horford. Like Al Horford is the most solid individual you can imagine. He just does things right from the way he plays on the court to how he carries himself off the court to the work he puts in. Everything about Al Horford is is really really impressive. So he's he's a good guy, really good guy for Robert Williams to latch onto and from the start it sounds like he plans to really look up to Al Horford and and kind of mold himself like Al Horford. Now he's not going to be Al Horford. He he shot 47% from the free throw line that's one thing. I don't think he'll ever become a three-point shooter. Totally different in a lot of ways on the court and probably off the court too um but he but the it's the habits that al horford can help robert williams form and i think that will be really beneficial to the Celtics. and i think i don't think horford's the only one i think their whole team and the one of the big reasons why their team was so successful last year is that everybody worked hard rookies veterans Guys who have been in the league for a long time, everybody on that roster worked hard and worked hard off the court, worked hard on the court. It was just professional. Everybody's professional. Marcus Morris, Aaron Baines, Kyrie Irving, Gordon Hayward. One thing Brad Stevens repeated about a lot of guys last year, I'm talking about like basically everybody on the team at some point, he, he stressed that, you know, player x really puts in the time and puts in the time in the right ways and really takes care of his body and this and that and so i I don't think it's just confined to al horford or if he returns aaron baines it's it's kind of everybody the celtics have targeted guys who work hard and, and in some ways who have a reputation for working hard and in some ways robert williams is he's a little bit outside of that pattern and the Celtics took a risk on Robert Williams, who, despite what Danny Ainge kind of suggested today, there are definitely questions about his work ethic. There are definitely questions about his commitment. But the Celtics think that there's a chance that he becomes a really good player. And part of that may be just learning the right habits in Boston. I also think at Texas A&M, the more you watch on tape, it's like... Why, why was he being used the way he was? What were they doing? He hardly ever was in pick and rolls. I think Synergy said he was in 17 pick and rolls all season. Looks like nobody ever taught him how to set an actual solid screen. Like just even watching Al Horford set screens could be beneficial to Robert Williams. So we'll see. We'll see what he looks like in summer league. I'm excited to see him in summer league. I think. He is going to do some, have some really impressive highlights. He's the type of guy, like, does some stuff that's just really special. And some of his shot blocks, some of the times he holds up and switches, some of the lobs he catches, he just can do some really special things that not too many guys can do. And so it'll be, could be fun to watch him in summer league. I think 
you know, of all the players the Celtics could have gotten at 27, and this is the very last reason anyone in the very last thing anyone in the Celtics front office should care about. But I think at 27, he's probably the guy that could be the most exciting in summer league from a standpoint of doing rare things, um, catching loud dunks, you know, having great recoveries, swatting shots, all of it. So could could be fun watching him in summer league. Could be fun watching Shemi Ojale. I want to see what Shemi Ojale does too. And this is kind of a little bit of a tangent. I didn't even plan to talk about Shemi Ojale in this podcast. But after a season in which I think he was kind of handcuffed by his own lack of confidence, I want to see what Shemi Ojale does in Summer League. Now he's, you know, second year veteran. He's started playoff games. He's played 30 minutes in some playoff games. He's had all these NBA minutes. Even though he wasn't a huge part of the Celtics team all the time, he has all this experience that not a lot of players in summer league will have. And so I want to see I want to see what he looks like with that level of confidence. And and I want to see if if he can unlock a, a little bit more to his game than he showed as a rookie. Because at, at SMU he he had some stuff and he wasn't like the most creative offensive player. He wasn't like a Jason Tatum. He wasn't uh, an offensive superstar, but the guy had some stuff. He he had some off the dribble stuff. He had, you know, some he had, he was a much better shooter. There he really like there were layers to his game that he never showed as a rookie. And maybe maybe those layers that those parts of his game just won't translate. Maybe it, that will just never happen for him. But he's big enough, he's physical enough, he's athletic enough. I think there's a chance that as as Shemi Ojale develops, that he'll start to show more of those things. Now, I don't think he's ever going to be a, a great creator in the NBA, certainly. I don't think he's ever going to score you know, 25 points a game. That's not going to be what he is. I think mostly he's going to be a 3 and D type guy. But you want to see him drive closeouts. You want to see the quick decision type of things. You want to see him start to become a better cutter for when teams leave him open, like they will from time to time, maybe most of the time, because of how many threats he's going to be playing with into the future. And Summer League, he won't be playing along the the same threats, obviously. But Shemi Ojale, I, I just think there's more to him than he showed as a rookie. And, and we could see parts of that in the Summer League. Jabari Bird, another guy, should be on the Summer League roster. Poor Jabari Bird. Like, if two-way contract players had been able to play in the playoffs, there were some games he might, he might have been able to get some minutes. They were so beaten up when Shane Larkin was injured. And they were basically down to like seven guys. There were a couple times they needed another wing or could have badly used another wing. And I don't know whether Brad would have trusted Jabari Bird enough to put him in in that moment. But if two-way players had been available in the playoffs, which they weren't, which is why he wasn't on the playoff roster, I think there was a chance, small chance, tiny chance. Maybe that he would have gotten a little bit of time in at least one or two games. I mean, Brad threw Yabu in there a couple times. So 
Jabari Bird, when he did play as a rookie, and he had a back injury that kind of disrupted things and took away what would have been a, a bigger opportunity for him, he was pretty good. He showed, you know, an intelligence to his game, a lot of back cuts. He's He just seems to kind of have a nose for the basket and and just kind of seems to know how to fit into a team concept so Jabari Bird another guy I want to see one guy it seems like Celtics fans do not want to see in in Boston is Kawhi Leonard and let's talk about Kawhi Leonard so latest news is basically the same news as it always was there are several teams that are interested in Kawhi Leonard which is obvious he's Kawhi Leonard he finished second in MVP voting in 2015-2016 he finished third in MVP voting the following season he is when healthy one of the five six or seven best players in the entire NBA and he has gotten much much better from year to year every season of his career now obviously <laughs> he had a weird ass year in san antonio it could not have been more bizarre he i mean nobody nobody fights with the spurs organization though the one time we've heard about somebody fighting with the organization before it was lamarcus aldridge and greg poffage sat him down and ironed out their differences and everything was fine after that then we we got Kawhi, and there's a some big old fracture in his relationship with the Spurs. He has requested a trade. Looks like the Spurs will kind of have to trade him since he has one year left on his deal. It is just a mess, and that's why Celtics fans are concerned about the prospect of trading for Kawhi Leonard. I want to point this out one more time. Kawhi Leonard is one of the six or seven best players in the world. If, if, and this, this could be a big if, if somehow he could assure the Celtics that, one, his medical information is good, that, that his health is fine, that he checks out. Two, that whatever happened this year was a one-time thing, was not is not going to happen again that there are legitimate reasons for his beef with the spurs and that this isn't just somebody losing his cool and maybe it'll happen again and maybe he'll battle with his next organization and maybe this is a part of who he is and it's weird because Kawhi leonard everybody thought he was like the silent no maintenance superstar and then all of a sudden he was hurt maybe he wasn't hurt people had doubts about his injury he was furious with the spurs at least from what it seems like about how they reacted to his injury and these are the spurs the spurs the team that has been the pioneers of player rest that has that went out of their way to to give guys dmps before it was in vogue just to save their players bodies the the spurs aren't out to 
they weren't out to screw Kawhi Leonard. I have it, find it very hard to believe that San Antonio, the San Antonio Spurs, the same organization that has spent 20 years doing whatever it can to extend the longevity of their stars, was out to get Kawhi Leonard and was risking his longevity. Now, maybe they misdiagnosed things. Who knows what actually happened? We've only heard whispers of it in the press. Obviously, there's there are bad feelings on both sides, but it was just a bizarre situation. And if you're going to trade for Kawhi Leonard with one year left on his contract, you got to know what happened. You've got to know the person that you're acquiring because, and this is part three, you want a, at least a strong chance that he will consider staying in Boston long term he's got one year left on his deal imagine giving up Jalen Brown and a lottery pick and several other players to make the salaries work and Kawhi Leonard as good as he is leaves after one injury riddled season could you imagine if Kawhi Leonard and Kyrie Irving both left at the same time in free agency in 2019. And the Celtics would still have Jason Tatum. They'd still have Gordon Hayward. They'd still have probably Al Horford, although he can opt out of his contract next summer too. But it's a big risk for Boston. And it's a big risk for Boston because of the uncertainty surrounding Kawhi Leonard. But it's also a big risk for Boston because it would also be a big risk for Boston because of how much the Celtics already have, because of the situation that they're already in, and because going after Kawhi Leonard, as great as he is, and again, he is one of the handful of best players in the universe. He is just a phenomenal basketball player. But the Celtics do have a lot to lose if they go after Kawhi Leonard. And I want to stress, I want to stress, he's amazing. And I, I think if I were running the Celtics, actually, I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna give my my thoughts on a final say of what I would do, because it all depends on what you learn about Kawhi, from the medicals to what happened this season to his thoughts on a long-term future in Boston. And so much depends on that. But I also want to stress, like, Jesus Christ, imagine Kawhi Leonard, Gordon Hayward, Al Horford, Jason Tatum, and Kyrie Irving. We're just saying, for this hypothetical, that Jalen Brown is in the trade. Just imagine that. Imagine how good that team would be. Kawhi Leonard, if he's not in that LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Stephen Curry, James Harden tier, he's right below it right below it and he's probably in that tier he he was a lot of people's favorite to win this past season's mvp before all the health stuff and before all the bizarre stuff and before everything went sour he was a lot of people's mvp choice he's a guy who can he doesn't bottle up lebron james nobody bottles up lebron james he gives lebron james as many troubles as anyone he is just so so damn good and i love jalen brown's game i think jalen brown is a stud i think 
he has great potential. I think he's a worker. I think his improvement from his rookie year to his second year was just awesome. And not only that, but it was a testament to how much how much time he spent and how much wise time he spent building his game. But Kawhi Leonard's a different type of beast. Kawhi Leonard is... I mean, he averaged 25 points per game while being the best defensive player in the world. Or at least the best perimeter defender in the world. And when you can combine those two things, and when you can be that good at both sides of the court, jeez. I mean, adding Kawhi Leonard to the NBA's best defense would seriously, seriously be just ludicrously unfair. It would be, I mean, they would wreak havoc. They would give other teams hell. So the upside to acquiring Kawhi Leonard would be incredible. It would be like, okay, look, if, if the Celtics stay pat, they go into next season, they're, they're title contenders. They're not the favorites. Golden State's going to be the favorite. The Lakers... God knows what they could do. They they could be a favorite. The Rockets, they'll be a favorite. But the Celtics will be up there. They'll be in the conversation somewhere. They're going to be great. If you add Kawhi to that team for a package headlined by Jalen Brown, that team might be the favorite or at least co-favorite or very, very slightly behind Golden State with a real chance to knock off Golden State. Kawhi lifts the ceiling for Boston from contender to possible favorite. He lists the long-term ceiling from title threat to dynasty threat. Like, let's say Jason Tatum reaches his potential, which I think is top five or ten player in the league. I think he could be just really, really great. Let's say he reaches his potential alongside Kyrie Irving and Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard just turned 27 today. 27. He's got, if he is healthy, and maybe that's a big if, I don't know. I know nothing more than what you guys know about his health health issues. If he is healthy, he gives, he would give the Celtics an MVP-type candidate for what, the next half decade, assuming he would stay another contract? He is so good, and that's that's why that's why even though you'd have to risk a lot from a Celtics perspective, even though you'd have to put Jalen Brown on the table, I assume they would have to put Jalen Brown on the table, even though you'd have to do that, even if you would have to do that, he's Kawhi Leonard. And the upside is so high, you got to think about it. So Danny Ainge kind of said, basically said Kawhi Leonard deal is unlikely. Uh, at the press conference, he spoke about how whenever there's a superstar, Hall of Fame type guy, the Celtics will kick the tires, but a deal is unlikely. I think more likely the Celtics will head into free agency and... Hope to hold on to Marcus Smart. Hope to hold on to Aaron Baines. And kind of try to do things, run it back with a healthy squad. I think that's the most likely outcome. 
but until the Kawhi Leonard situation is resolved, it it will be out there as a possibility. It will be something the Celtics front office thinks about. It will be something the fans wonder about. It will be really, I mean that with Le- LeBron and Kawhi, maybe Paul George changing teams. These next few days, this next week, could really change the NBA landscape. And that's the case. That's the case every year. It's the case a lot of years. But in this case, Kawhi Leonard, a top five or so player, has requested a trade. LeBron James, the best player of this generation, is a free agent. Paul George, a perennial all-star, is also a free agent. So there's a lot of movement that could happen. A lot of teams that could change. If they all team up in L.A., the Lakers will be a hell of a squad. Uh, But the Celtics, we'll see. We'll see what they do. For now, they're waiting on Robert Williams to start Summer League. Free agency coming soon. We'll see what happens. If you guys don't listen to the podcast already, to those listening for the first time, you stupid. But if you want to listen again, search for Locked on Celtics. Wherever you get your your podcast, iTunes, Spotify, wherever else, subscribe to us. Give us a five-star rating. We're here three times a week now during the offseason, although with free agency ramping up, we we might boost that back to f- the, the usual Monday through Friday schedule for at least a little while through the end of Summer League. And, yeah, that's it for this episode. Kawhi Leonard still out there. Robert Williams. Coming to a summer league near you shortly. Could be fun. Could be fun. Thanks for listening. Hopefully this solo podcast wasn't too terrible.